right, ladies and gentlemen, um, the entire two of you that listen to the show. Um, I am here with um, Norwegian, but living in Sweden. Dissident. The, the, the opposite. The opposite. Ah, the, the <laughs> other way around. So, yep. Swedish dissident living in Norway. Uh, yep. Alex Utopian. Um, and uh, I wanted to get you on to talk uh, mostly about agorism or agorism. First of all, what the fuck is is it agorism or agorism? Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's a correct way to say okay. it. But it, but it's a. I asked a Greek person, and mm -hmm. agora, the the word that comes from Greek, uh, and he said agorism. Okay. Well, so, <laughs> considering that's an anarchist, agorism, agorism <laughs> is uh, more an American way of saying it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Um, considering anyway that it's uh, basically uh, a different flavor of uh, anarchist philosophy. I'm just going to say fuck the official pronunciation. I'll call it whatever the <laughs> fuck I want. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll go with Triple H uh, or Triple A, which would be fine competition for Triple H. Um, mm. <laughs> uh, so what exactly is agorism? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. You will get a lot of different answers from a lot of different people mm. but it's basically a free market libertarian anarchist um, tactic to achieve maximum uh, freedom right and it's it's based in philosophy but it's mostly a the, the thing that sets the part is a it's also a tactic mm -hmm. would you, you say um I'm sorry to cut you off here, but no, 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 no. it's your it's your show, man. <laughs> um, would you say that agorism is more of a uh, ideology or more of um, uh, like a tactical philosophy to achieve the end goal of your uh, ideology? It's oh wow, that's a good question. It's a uh, It's a very good question. Um, <laughs> you have um, if if we don't didn't have ideologies or an understanding of why we're doing stuff, mm -hmm. then we are just doing stuff blindly, right? Yes. So, uh, I, ideology, ideological <laughs> points. Um, yes. Add some reasoning on top of why why are we doing stuff? Yes. Or explains them. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's, I think it's a mix, right? You have, you have to understand why uh, free markets is better and mm -hmm. why uh, the anarchistic ideal is preferable over a more statist ideal. Yes. First, firstly, before you do anything else, and then and then you can, depending on where you're coming from, if you're a criminal, for example, that smuggles stuff, mm -hmm. and then you. Uh, read uh, Konkin's work, and then like, oh, I'm doing this. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> then, then you start to, then you can start to understand why why you're doing it, and mm -hmm. why it's so profitable to be a smuggler, for example. Yeah, and why why there is people that try to stop you from smuggling? Why why the, why there is a smuggling in the first place? Mm -hmm. Because you you understand your your role in the the drama, <laughs> so something. <laughs> well, if you read Conkin's work and you're not a smuggler and then you're like oh so that's that's why it's so profitable to be a smuggler <laughs> and then yes. you start smuggling so you can uh, you can come come from both sides of it i came from the f the first side that i was talking about right so you were already, uh, a dirty rotten criminal uh way before you the, read uh yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> i haven't I started reading Conking, I think it was four or five years ago. I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then it started to fall into, pl fall into place for me. Mm -hmm. But I, m most people I've talked with read Conking and then started doing agorist stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's so it's very hard to separate ideology from action. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's um, what makes agorism um, unique in that kind of sense because other anarchist traditions um, put ideology first and then hope everything else falls into place. Right. Yeah. Like that's the communist uh, anarcho-communist uh, idea is that. Once people just start to cooperate in a, in a <laughs> very communistic kind of way, then everything will work out. Yes, exactly. So we, we are we are we are already uh, the agorist is already there. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that's a good point. Um, as an agorist, you're uh, you can like immediately start practicing agorism. Uh, but like immediately starting to practice communism is probably a little bit harder. Very. <laughs> you, need, you, need, you need everybody else to be on your side. <laughs> yes. Um, what do you mean? I mean I have to pay for stuff. <laughs> we are part of a community. <laughs> Just work, <laughs> uh, Yeah. So, so the so the practice of agorism is a. Uh, it's a means to an end, right? Because Conkin exactly. Kong, Kong also said that once everybody practiced the agorism, there will be no tax money for the state, and then the state collapses. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly. The, that's the idea, at least. Yes. Um, so I have heard, um, let's say, a few critiques of uh, agorism. Uh, mostly from Derek from Burning, from the Burning Boots podcast. So take it with a grain of salt because the man eats uh, crayons for a living. Um, so you know, um, but one thing I picked up from him is that he said, "Well, uh, there's this whole thing in our agorism because as I, I read the wiki page, that's about all the reading I've done. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's kind of um, uh, at least in part." Uh, meant to in a sense unite uh right and left anarchism um and as such uh i don't know probably Konkin believe something along the lines of rent being theft do you know anything about this uh the rent being theft part i didn't know <laughs> All right. Well, then uh, we'll just skip over that as bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, but Kong, I mean, it's not a religion. No. <laughs> and uh, just because Kongkin came up with it doesn't mean we, we have to stop there. Right? <laughs> we have yeah. to develop develop the ideology and the act actions you need to take to fulfill the prophecy. <laughs> I always thought you just, you know, did exactly what the guy says and then everything falls into place. Just trust the plan, guys. Q yes. will help us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and how you... There is not one way to do things, thankfully, yes. because otherwise it's just a game. We just... We do our part and then it's finished. Yes. It's an ongoing... Uh, continuation of it, I, but I, it's the first time I heard that rent is theft uh, from Konkin, at least. Uh, okay, it might be true, but because he was uh, very, let's say, uh, anti a lot of stuff that makes a lot of people either think or get pissed off, like wage <laughs> wage wage labor. He was very very much against la wage labor. Do you um, know what his issue with wage labor was, by any chance? Uh, it's it increases transaction costs. Ah, okay. So if if uh, you if you start a company, for example, yeah, and you're thinking about hiring outside help for your company, mm. uh, if you are very bad at making commercials, you hire a commercial that. A company that specializes in this, right? Yeah. Uh, if you if you're very good at selling something, but you have no product to sell, then you go to <laughs> someone that buys that and buy stuff from someone that yeah. produces stuff, and then you sell it. 
uh, this is the entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit of how the market works. Right. right. One person you would never hire would be a boss. No. No. Because you are the boss. You are. You are. Yeah. Yeah, that makes you sense. Con- you you need consultants if you need some consulting help. Like, okay, how the f do I make HTML a website that I where I can sell stuff? Yeah. And you would hire a programmer <clears throat> because it's your your idea. Yes, exactly. And the reason why you would do it, you would start start a company, is because you keep all the profits, or you you choose who you share it with. And exactly. at what percentage? Because you're, if you're hiring outside help with it, mm-hmm. but you would never hire a boss. Like you would, you would never hire a person and then tell this person, "Tell me what to do." <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you run this company now. Yeah, yeah, no, I suppose and not. That's my interpretation of of it, mm-hmm. because mm, this these big companies with large hierarchical hierarchical structures and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Sooner or later, they will get very inefficient, and then they will yes. outcompeted by smaller entities, and then they will fall off. Yeah, and if exactly. you are a wage worker in that company that falls off the map, you you need to restart. You need to get a new job or get hired by this company that just competed out outcompeted you or stuff yeah. like this. So, the the wage worker is always the lowest on the ladder, so to speak, because you're yeah. If, if some better wage worker comes comes by and mm-hmm. he can take your job. Yeah. So if you're um, essentially two specialists doing business, so let's say I have a bar and I buy beer from you, mm-hmm. we're uh, kind of on an even playing field, right? So yeah, I yeah, have yeah. my business of um, like. Well, being a bar, and you have your your business of distributing beers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, if you go out of business, I don't uh, like need to apply somewhere else. I just like mm-hmm. approach a different guy to sell me beer. Um, but if I'm a bartender working for a boss, and my mm-hmm. bar goes under, um, then I just have to find a different bar with a different boss. Would that be the idea? Uh, that, that that's part of it. You're 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 also very flexible if you're working as a wage worker. But yeah, you have to give up a lot, a lot of your freedom. So yeah, some stuff you you can't do all by by yourself, mm-hmm. and that's this is fine. But you would never hire a boss to <laughs> to help <laughs> you structure structure that, right? You you would hire some expert. And then when your transaction is over, it's over. You don't have yeah, to continue exactly. to pay him stuff <laughs> or like that. But uh, and a lot of people misconstrue this that two people that uh, um, take take for example, I if I'm working for you and we have a we are signing sign a contract, I'm going to mm-hmm. work for you for ten years. This yeah. is my salary, and when these ten years are up. We we split. Yeah, I don't think I, I'm not Conking obviously. I don't think Conking <laughs> would have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. I think his critique of that kind of contract would be that who is the be- who is benefiting from it the most, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, let me phrase it this way: It's not so much that. Um, Kanken would say that wage labor is inherently wrong as much as uh, not it's it's not preferable due to circumstances that make it unpreferable. Yeah. 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 Okay. um, For for you to be a wage laborer, if if you want to, if someone hired you, Mm -hmm. they would make money from your work. Yes. That's not you, and then you are not independent. <laughs> yeah. So some some of the some of the work contracts you have to sign uh, now is just strange. Like oh, on yeah, my absolutely. work con- I, uh, uh, my work contract specifically says that if I would like to work extra somewhere else, I have to 
check with the the company of directors of the company I work for if that's if, if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I have something um, similar in my contract. I don't think it's uh, well. It makes some sense. Uh, so I mean, while I work for my company, uh, I I'm not by contract allowed to work for another company that competes with my company. Uh, <clears throat> there's of course right. a well, <laughs> um, and then um, I think an X amount of like months or years after I stop working at this company, I'm not allowed to work at another competing company either. Um, yeah. So, so that's a that's a that's a negative 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 externality. Like it's yes. COVID <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Com companies like to keep trade secrets, which mm -hmm. is very yeah. anti anti freedom in a lot of way. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, it's it's just weird. But it, <laughs> it, it is it is the world we live in. And yeah, it's um, on the one hand I get it. On the other hand, it's probably not very preferable. Um, no, it's it's a lot of waste because if you yeah. have a specific skill skill set and your employer can legally disallow you from sharing your knowledge with the rest of the world or clients that wants to pay for it or mm -hmm. and so on then that's a waste right yes <laughs> the, yes exactly imagine how many hundreds of people you could show some new thing and then we could improve the world in different kinds of ways oh yeah um well, in so stupid ways but you know oh yeah yeah. Value subjective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just uh, in the lucky position that there's not all that many companies or businesses that can, uh, let's say, make a claim to being competitors uh, to the company that I work for um, because I work in a climbing gym. Um, and, I mean, climbing gyms are like extremely local businesses. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yep. So it's very hard to move. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if I start working, so I work all the way in the south now, but if I go all the way in the north or like even an hour north, um, there's hardly any competition anymore between these two climbing gyms um, because they're too far away essentially for there to be any relevant competition. Mm. Um, but that's more of a lucky circumstance of my particular situation. Um, <laughs> I do understand the uh, like principal complaint, though, um, and I don't disagree. Um, it's um, I would say it's a reasonable complaint. Uh, probably in a, in an ideal world, uh, it probably wouldn't be necessary, or there wouldn't be wage labor. But well, I mean, an ideal world I mean is a bit far fetched. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, people are going to do what people are going to do. And, exactly. And <laughs> I, I'm an anarchist, so I don't, I don't want to um, dictate what you're going to do. If you're going to ask me, then I can give you suggestions. But what, yes. what you want to do will finally be it, right? It's, it's a very good idea to save money, for example. But mm -hmm. in this Corona crisis, it turns out that nobody has saved anything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, that's one of the things. Uh, I was talking to uh, uh, someone in the group chat today. He was like, "Oh, you anarchist! You want to sell math, and you want everyone to do the math." And I'm like, "No, not quite. Uh, I want everyone to be able to sell and buy and use math. Um, but I'd prefer it if they don't." Yeah, it's a very bad idea to do math. <laughs> yes, yes. I would absolutely not advise you to do math ever. Um, yep. However, uh, I do want you uh, to be able to um, acquire, sell, and use math uh, without being shot or put in jail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm wondering um, how exactly uh, did you become an agorist and how did you become aware of agorism? Uh, a friend 
I was an agorist before I uh, realized it was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've been an anarchist since I was about 16. Okay. Uh, not strictly. What you know how you are when you're 16? You, yes. <laughs> you, you don't have, have every, everything put to, put together, right? <laughs> Mostly I'm, drunk. I'm 30, 30, <laughs> yeah, I'm 36, and I realized how stupid I was. I was back then. Yeah. I, I, but I still think it's fair that I had anarchist notion, mm -hmm. um, and I didn't really like the state and. Um, because of this, and <laughs> and I could, I just saw how wasteful the state was, and then as you dig deeper, the how bad how bad everything is run. Yes, like, exactly. Uh, in Sweden, back home, we have monopoly on sick care. We have monopoly on beer sales. We have monopoly on. We used when I was growing up. We used to have a monopoly on telephone. Uh, phone communication. Ah, right. Which the 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 conservatives uh, took power after mm -hmm. the social democrats, and then they just immediately dismantled the uh, <laughs> phone communication monopoly. <laughs> and, uh, and and I, and you could see the effects in real time, right? Because uh, phone companies started popping up, prices went down. I think the price to call uh, with a landline cost like. 20 euro cents per per minute or something like that. Whoa, <laughs> fucking hell. Because you had only one company <laughs> that gave, and gave you the service. Now adjusted for inflation, um, and you're looking at like 20 euro like yeah. per minute. I, I, I don't dare to think <laughs> about how, how much value was lost. But, but all of a sudden you could... Uh, um, have different models uh, of how you paid for stuff. You have like these mm -hmm. cash refills of your cell phone, and all, all, like you just saw in real life how how splendid it is with competition. Because if uh, all of a sudden people are competing for you as a customer, right? Yes, exactly. And for some reason, <laughs> there's still lots of monopolists on everything, like from security. Like police is a monopoly, mm -hmm. sort of monopoly basis. Policing, at least. Yes. You, you still have security guards and stuff like that. That's private, but that's doing what the police is supposed to. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, and from there on, I was like, I was trying to cut uh, my tax imprint as hard as possible because. Mm -hmm. That's how how the state survives. They collect taxes from everybody and use use the money against people. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, didn't you uh, a while ago? I think this was actually around the time I first like became aware uh, of you, like on Twitter. Uh, didn't you have some sort of dispute with the government about uh, like not having to pay taxes? That. That's correct. <laughs> uh, they, they, um, the reason why I they went into bartending and restaurant uh, business mm -hmm. was because uh, a huge proportion of your salary is tips. Yes. And that this, you can hide this from the government. They, they can't touch it, uh, practically speaking. But last year i have to be careful here because we have changed years <laughs> last year <laughs> yeah last year they they changed the rules so now your employer are obligated to report all tips oh that's bullshit and and it it was part of a grander uh, thing because companies wanted to raise people's salaries without raising their tax yeah the, the amount they had to pay in taxes so if, if i ah, just right. raise your salary then yeah. you would pay more taxes for example yeah because exactly. your your tax bracket uh yeah. Increases. yeah you're in the next tax bracket yeah so what they can do instead is give you a company car <laughs> 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 that you're allowed to use 
for for as much as you want, right? <laughs> and then uh, and uh, like a good car is like thirty forty thousand euros. Exactly. Maybe fifty thousand. Uh, it's hard to translate because cars are so expensive in Norway mm-hmm. compared to the rest of Europe, and most of it is taxes. <laughs> for fuck's sake. Ironically, uh, but so companies started to give these kinds of benefits. Uh, untaxable benefits to to their workers, right? So uh, the government decided to okay, all tips, all benefits, all things like that has to be translated into tax um, money because we need to tax it. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> because, yeah. um, So the unfortunate effect of this was that I lived here for eleven or twelve years, mm-hmm. and I never taxed pay tax on my tip <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my tip is was a huge portion of my my income yeah and you when when uh, tip money is part of your income you learn how to whitewash money very very quick <laughs> <laughs> yeah like you give my roomies uh, my share of the rent in uh, in cash like uh mm-hmm. sorry my something my bank crapped up or something <laughs> i can't use my app could you pay my rent please here's some cash for the trouble and uh, buying everything in cash all kinds of stuff like that yeah but once the government cracked down on that and they were threatening people with jail time all the all the restaurant business flipped overnight <laughs> and oh, everybody fuck. implemented it, different kinds of systems it still it took them over uh, like eight months to figure out how to do it and stuff like that but it's it's not just something you do i have to figure out how to do it properly and stuff like that and uh, the tax office could raid uh, restaurants going in checking all the tails and uh, if there was dif- difference, then they understand. Yeah, they're, they're like, yeah, this is wrong. Some someone's getting fined for this. Stuff so that just to enforce that you're using their system, the system where you can, yeah, count all the money. So that on top of some stupid reasons. Some other minor stuff. I, uh, I, uh, in this Avenger, Avengers movie craze, I was checking all the, uh, all the interviews and see which new characters will be introduced to the Marvel universe. Yeah, and then I would go on eBay and buy out as many of the comic books where oh. where the where the, the first uh, appearance of this character in the comic books and then flip it. Yeah, to comic book uh, fans here for a lot of money, and yeah, most of that the sounds time, like a good uh, good way to earn some cash. Yeah, it was it was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> so now I need to figure out when the now when the Avengers movies are out, I need to figure out some other way to do it. But it's, it's just collectibles, and then there's a lot of those. <laughs> oh, yeah, <Okay>. I imagine. <laughs> uh, but. Most of the transactions, many of the transactions I was doing uh, selling comic books because not everybody I was selling to wanted uh, Bitcoin and Monero. No. Okay. I was, was using Bitcoin and Monero. I had to use uh, a phone app ah. uh, uh, for, for transactions. And this phone app, which is the most famous the payment method at the moment in Norway, Mm-hmm. And uh, is run by the Norwegian government's bank. Oh, great! <laughs> so, yeah, that's so not they, a, that's not a so problem at all. <laughs> yeah, and my bank snitched on the Norwegian to the uh, when the Norwegian version of the IRS looked into my finances. Fire all of a sudden, almost quadrupled my income. Because all the all the tax money was uh, revealed, like <laughs> uh, from tips and uh, these all all of these uh, small transactions with ten euros here, twenty euros there, and like from comic book sales coming into my account, 
and they asked my bank for bank statements and on and <laughs> as an experiment i was putting some uh, the equivalent of 50 euros into coinbase just to test it out and see yeah. how what, what it was all about and <laughs> on the bank basement it just says cryptocurrency coinbase and they lit up they're like oh shit is uh, whitewashing money with, oh, uh, fuck's sake. cryptocurrencies <laughs> so all these three things together made them review if i was having a Cayman Island bank account. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I have no idea what they were thinking, but they thought they uh, caught a bad guy. Right? It was hiding money from the government. Oh, because they need, to, <laughs> they need to reload the coffers from bombing uh, African countries. Yes. So that, that, that's the story behind how... <laughs> my my problems with the state it's the first in a while and uh, i hope it will never <laughs> happen again <laughs> um, it's taught me a, a valuable lesson in uh, uh, that secrets are good i guess <laughs> yeah yeah just um uh you know hide your uh your your exploits a little bit better i guess <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 exactly but uh, um, the case got dropped ah nice fortunately so I, and i didn't have to pay they i even got the tax return this year this is <laughs> a slight <laughs> twist of the irony that's uh that's pretty good news i um well i mean i haven't practiced much algorithm yet but i was very happy uh a few days ago my employer did still pay me even though i worked like two days uh last month um, oh wow yeah that's good that's a good uh good em employer oh yeah how how, do, how does it work in holland do you guys get does companies get uh, money from the state to keep yeah. afloat or how does it work um so uh there's a few measurements in place uh via the government um one is um like employment time cutting i suppose so it's um it is in place usually but it's just much more basically much more people use it now so let's say you were a company uh and some shit has happened and you have to send home your employees you have to furlough them essentially so you have to send them home for uh, say a few months um and you can't pay them during the time, but you're not firing them either. Um, right. So, um, government has a thing now whereby uh, they will take over the pay of your employees. Um, they start at like 90% of your pay and then they build it down over the course of several months or uh, somewhat depending on the situation. Um, and then there's also some bailout loans. Um, and I think some taxes are being uh, suspended. So, I mean, they're doing, they're taking measures at least to uh, prevent the collapse of smaller businesses. Mm -hmm. um, so, could be worse. They, they, they do something similar here. They have a fund where small companies can apply mm -hmm. apply for to cover losses, and the state has taken over. If you are uh, out of work because of the corona, because the government shut down your business, like uh, mine is my my brewery is shut down. Yeah. Uh, the microbrewery bar I work at is shut down as well. Um, so the government just pays, they, they, they don't pay a hundred percent, but enough. Right. Uh, so they, they had these two things in place and they start, I think they're going to start doing something because, uh, Norway has a big oil fund, mm -hmm. a national oil, oil fund. I think they're going to use some of that money as well to 
cover cover bills. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, uh, yeah, we don't. Thank God uh, they are not printing new money. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Thank God. Yeah, we uh, we don't quite have an oil fund here. Um, we used to have gas that we were pumping um, mm -hmm. from one of our more northern provinces. Um, but uh, the problem with that is it caused earthquakes. Um, oh, really? Yes. <laughs> wow. Yes. Uh, and they even kept it going for quite a while, um, causing quite some damages to, uh, to the houses of the population there. Uh, but I think they've stopped it now or they've uh, at least reduced it to an, uh, to an extent that there's no more earthquakes, at least not recently. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, the other thing is, uh, I don't know, do we have a uh, national airline in Norway? No. Okay, so we do. Uh, it's like, <laughs> like a national, airline. nationalized airline. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's a very weird situation um, because you might have heard of KLM Air France. Um, yes. Yeah, so it's a weird, like, two-in-one company uh, so the KLM is the uh, Royal Dutch um, like air company, um, and well, Air France is Air France. Um, so it's like partly owned by the Dutch government, partly owned by the French government, mm. and then like some of the uh, stocks are in the hands of well, private uh, actors. Um, but the government, the Dutch government, is now pulling out something like three or four billion uh, to prop up KLM uh, because all their planes are grounded, so they're not <laughs> going anywhere. Um, right. So my thought is, well, why not just let KLM fail and create some more space uh, in the air, air, uh, aerospace market? Hmm. Um, but I suppose that's not an option. Uh, you get so some very strange behavior when the government runs companies. Uh, yes. There's a Swedish airline. It's a Scandinavian airline called Scandinavian Airlines. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> SAS, <laughs> uh, which is owned partly by Swedish government, partly by Danish government. And mm -hmm. their planes are <laughs> stopped. So they, they need to figure out how to tackle this. I think they're going to give them a lot of money. Yeah, probably. That's how you saw that, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's so strange because the money they're giving away is tax money, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's, <laughs> it's like, I don't, I'm not sure if, if, if you ask the ta taxpayers, right? Mm -hmm. Would you like worse healthcare, uh, smaller pensions, or an airplane company? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, there will be no questions like burn it to the ground, sell the place. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, one second. I, there we go again. So, um, how, how is how how hard is the lockdown in uh, your part of the world? Uh, it could be better, but it could also be worse. Um, yeah. So, uh, most businesses are still uh, allowed to stay open. Um, although my business is not one of them. Uh, so uh, basically sports clubs and what we call horeca in Dutch are closed. Um, horeca is like hospitality industry, essentially. So restaurants, bars, hotels, cafes. Coffee shops. <laughs> yes. Uh, although those might be open again. Um, at least like takeout. The takeout part of them is uh, mm -hmm. open again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, could be worse. It seems that we are over the hill of the most infections. Um, so, like intensive care, um, or people like getting on the intensive care has been uh, getting down recently. So, they are allowing uh, people under eighteen to uh go out and uh like go back to sports lessons again all right um, although it does still have to happen outside 
which is good news for like my uh, my particular business uh, because it means that we can at least start providing some services again to our customers. Um, let's see what else. Uh, yeah, so some municipalities here and there have decided to like close of beaches or parks, but not all of them. Uh, it's just very dependent on like the municipality where you're at. Um, there's some very weird rules though. Uh, there's a lot so, of rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like one of the things is that you can't uh, go out and like steal your boat on the lake. Right. Which because makes... <laughs> Which makes no sense. Yeah, exactly. You have a, you have have weird stuff going on in in the terms of rules all over the world. Uh, was I saw something on a couple of days ago where the people were wanted the Florida to shut down the beaches, but the subway in New York is still running. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> like, Christ! Yeah, I. I it's pretty sure one of those are more dangerous than the other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the things is, um, uh, I think there's like, our public transport isn't quite closed yet. Um, but they're also not like driving all of the trains, etc., that they right. usually would. Um, so now before they can go back to... Uh, like driving at full capacity again, they have to make rules about the way uh, they're going to handle the corona, which might mean that you have to make reservations uh, mm. for time slots on the public transport, which right. I think is hilariously stupid since it beats the entire point of public transport. Like I, I yeah. don't know a week in advance when the fuck I'm going to need to take the bus somewhere. Yeah. I, I know for some things, but like, I don't know. I might need to fucking go somewhere. Maybe I need to go to the liquor store. Um, because, well, of course I need to go to the liquor store. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to take the fucking bus. <laughs> like, I can't predict that week ahead. Um, and like, reserve a spot. So, that's one thing. I did buy... Uh, like uh, 24 piece crate of beer today though so that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. because um, I don't know what's the case where you're at like over here um, I bought it at a local brewery and they're just delivering now like they just deliver it in big ass fucking boxes uh, we I think starting from if it's this week or the next week, this coming week or the, in two weeks, uh, they they allow for they're looking into allowing takeaway beers from bars. Oh Jesus! Right, right now restaurants and bars are not uh, allowed to serve beer. So in my case, the micro micro bar, microbrewery <laughs> bar I work at. Yeah. Like we we only sell bears, so <laughs> there's no point point in uh, keeping up. With. And oh, um, but they're looking into allowing bars and restaurants and microbreweries to make takeaway, but it's against the law. <laughs> oh what? So they, oh so they, right, yeah. So they they because here we have two separates. Either you're a liquor, like yeah. uh, you're licensed to. For takeaway or your license for drink in in the house. Yeah, so, yeah so we have they, the same deal uh, where we were at. Yeah, and there are different rules for, for mm -hmm. both. Yeah, and one place you, if you have a license for one, you are not allowed to have a license for the other as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so they need to change the law for it to be. Ah <laughs> oh, man, yeah, that's frustrating. Um, so, so they, they the, don't really know how how the, how they want to do it because um, microbrewery uh, business is quite large here in Norway, <laughs> and uh, there's 
there's a lot of like logistical backbones that rely on the microbrewery business, like farmers, um, not only uh, the farmers that grow the grains and hops and all, all that kind of stuff, but also the farmers that get the, the spent uh, grain from the mash. Right. So, like we we have a we have a, a, lives, a livestock uh, farmer who came mm -hmm. came to our brewery, picked up grains twice a week. Right. And yeah, that saved so. him uh, like eight hundred euros per week. Yes, uh, we just gave it away for free because yeah. We don't have to pay for transportation <laughs> to get it get rid of it, right? So it was awesome to have a, this this guy who just came by and picked it up for us. Uh, but now he's he has to pay for the grains from somewhere else, and that's oh, that's man. a lot of money. That's yeah. a lot of money. That's that's got to hurt his business. Yeah. So yeah. There's, there's there's like this domino effect. Just because we are not allowed to have open, all these other businesses yeah. are affected as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, here in the Netherlands, I don't know how it is where you're at, but people are starting to become uh, more and more fed up uh, with like the the quarantine and the lockdown. Uh, like people just keep going outside more and more, uh, and. Uh, at some point, I mean, I don't think this will hold much longer because people will just be like, well, you know what, fuck this shit. We're just going to go out, <laughs> sail our boats, drive our cars, uh, like fuck in the park, um, whatever. <laughs> uh, we are we are seeing sim similar stuff to that. that people, mm -hmm. people are moving outside a little bit more. I haven't been to the city center for a couple of weeks, so I'm not sure what's going on there. I live in the suburbs, suburbs of Oslo, so it's it's quite far away from the city center. Oh, it's yeah. only 50 minutes with the subway, but if I would walk it, it would probably take me two and a half hours or so. Oh, Jesus. What kind um, of massive city do you live in? <laughs> it's, it's very huge geographically. It's not a lot of people here. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. The suburbs are like stretched out uh, over yeah, a large area, and most of it, most of it's just roads. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, I think the police has reported that there is a more illegal parties going on. Uh, yeah. Um, Bjorn, Bjorn. Yeah, there's quite a few of those uh, going on around here as well. Um, and like some of them get stopped by the police, uh, but generally, like when it happens, uh, everyone is just given a warning, and there's turned mm -hmm. on like, "Don't do that again," um, and then that's that. Yep. Um, so makes sense. Uh, yeah, I wondered though uh, to come back at our original topic. Um, what would you say are some like fairly easy things that one can do in their life to practice agorism. It depends on what kind of person you are. I'm I'm a growing person. Like mm -hmm. I like plants and stuff stuff like that. <laughs> and so for me, the easiest uh, <laughs> the easiest is the one you want to do, right? <laughs> yes. So for me, the easiest is to grow stuff. And I have a lot of uh, friends or acquaintances, really. I don't really know them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are growing, growing stuff as well, like illegal stuff. I'm not growing illegal stuff. Allegedly. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fairly open on social media, but I'm growing stuff. Yeah. Like <laughs> um, at, le uh, at least not the non-boring stuff. Like I, I don't think anybody would enjoy listening or seeing me talk about my beans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I think, um, I mean, I haven't checked it out, but I imagine there could be quite an active garden community on Twitter or Instagram or something. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But uh, 
um, from uh, from my experience, like if you are, for example, living in Sweden and you like growing stuff, then you would look into stuff that is illegal first. That right. would be marijuana, um, mescaline cactus. Ah yes. Um, stuff that gives you a high value turnover. Mm. Yeah. I I think if uh, it's been so long since I bought weed here. So <laughs> I, I think it's uh, seventeen euros per gram. Seventeen per gram. That's yeah. f- That's not cheap. Yeah. No. I gotta so say it's I'm, been a while uh, since I bought some in the <laughs> Netherlands as well. I, I'm not a big smoker, but it's no, I mean, way it's, cheaper. It's not my. It's not my kind of drug. I... No, me neither. Um, <laughs> it, but I'm just bad smoking in general. It gives me the cough like hell. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but so for example, the street value of a gram is about seventeen euro per gram mm-hmm. here. So if I was an agorist in Sweden, I would look into that because right. it's uh, it's very easy to sell. There is not a lot of it, <laughs> uh, stuff like that. Uh, the mescaline cactuses is a very niche kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm going the non-illegal way, but uh, if I'm going to sell cigars, I will do it through. So it's going to be a gray market. It's not going to be yeah, a black market. Exactly. Yeah, that was what I was uh, because then going to ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so that, that's, that's the difference because I'm allowed yeah. to grow tobacco. Exactly. But you're I'm just, just not allowed to sell it yes. because then you need a license and a way to pay taxes and fill paperwork and uh, boring stuff. <laughs> exactly. So um, if I remember so, correctly. Uh, but it, but that, that's the, oh, that's yeah. the growing uh, that's yes. the growing part. If you like building stuff, then build something that's valuable. Mm-hmm. And sell it under under the table. Uh, one of my dad's friends, he he's a mechanical engineer, and he loves motorcycles and engines ah. and stuff like that. And he has designed some crude uh, biodiesel engines. Okay. And he's he's uh, he's like it's, it's like his passion. He's uh, watching yeah. YouTube videos. He's uh, talking about about it on Reddit. I like his his. And his uh, Facebook feed is all about his latest uh, biodiesel engine project and how, how much stronger this version is uh, compared to his last and all this kind of stuff. And then he sells them under the table to people. Oh, that's really cool. I, uh, so, man, I do happen to be in the market for a motorcycle, so maybe I uh, should find my way to Norway uh, sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and yeah. uh, and the reason why he likes the biodiesel more, uh, engine is because that's something you can make yourself. Bio, uh, biodiesel, ah. you don't have to import it or something. So and and so the, that's that's what he's doing for a living. Like uh, that's his salary work. He's selling uh, this ethanol producing. Uh, Machine that you dump garbage into, like uh, salads and like, food scraps and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and it, the machine will turn it into biodiesel. So ah, then he yeah. made an engine for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, so uh, let's say um, the other day. Um, I had a, a window washer that uh, came to our place to, well, wash our windows, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And that guy always insists on uh, getting paid in cash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, to be honest, I don't get the impression that he's, um, let's say, the type to read Konkin and to actually become uh, a gorist, <laughs> like in a... Um, uh, like like purposefully, um, but essentially he is practicing agorism. 
Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he doesn't do it for ideological reason. He's doing it because it makes sense and because yes. you cut out, you you get you get to save so much for yourself instead of paying for stupid stuff. Yes, exactly. Um, so, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have for uh, gorism, and I think we're at a good hour now. So, uh, I say we. Uh, 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 don't get into anarchy in Europe and we'll keep that for another time. Um, Sounds like a good, good idea. Exactly, because I'd love to have you on again. Um, last thing is uh, one thing uh, didn't this, um, differentiate between something like four or five different markets. Um, yes. If I, I remember white, gray, black uh, and pink, pink red. And red. Ah, pink. Check, of course. So, I think I have a pretty good grip on four out of those. Uh, so, if I remember correctly, white being basically everything like by the book as it's allowed by the government, gray being everything that's like not legal but doing it unlicensed or like under the table, black being everything. Um, that is illegal. Uh, red. That the government government finds ah thinks is illegal. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And then, um, so what exactly is red, and what is the distinction between pink and red? The the main distinguishing thing <laughs> is that uh, so so Konkin um, divided into moral and immoral, right? Yes. So if you are going to war, for example, that would be immoral because you're killing people, especially if yeah. you are doing it in a proactive way. So you are mm -hmm. the one starting the war. Or if you are going killing innocent people in a war, that's also immoral. Mm -hmm. Unless the government does it. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> because you, you and me, we are not supposed to... So to start wars. No, no, of course and, not. And, uh, and, <laughs> and we would get in jail if we started wars. But if yeah. the government does it, then it's okay. And it's state approved. That's the pink market. Ah, uh, okay. So if, if, if I wanted to steal money from you, mm -hmm. that would be immoral. Yes. Right? <laughs> but if I force you to give me money through taxation, and it's st it's still immoral, but it's yes. state approved. <laughs> yes. So that 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 would make that's taxation the, uh... part of the pink market. Okay, that's. Uh... Um, if I kidnapped you, and I and you have some information I want, and I started to torture you, mm -hmm. the government would come come to me, arrest me, throw me in jail, as they should, yes. because torturing people is immoral. Yes. Unless, <laughs> unless uh, you are an uh, Israeli agent and the Dutch government wants information out of you, then it's okay. <laughs> yes. Then it's just fine. Then there's yeah. Then it's, uh, enhanced interrogation. <laughs> yes. Ex exactly. <laughs> so that's um, that, that's the, that's the differentiation between the pink market and the white market, right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Everything in the everything in the pink market is still immoral. It's bad. You you shouldn't yes. be doing this kind of stuff. But the government has given themselves the power to do it. Um, so the the red yeah. market is immoral, and it's usually usually not state approved. So. <laughs> like if I uh, rape, uh, slavery, yeah. murder, like yeah, this like kind that. of stuff. So that's immoral and state banned. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, that, that, that's the, the red market. So, so that's how uh, Konkin divided the, the different yeah. markets. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, would you say that uh, doing something like we talked earlier about, let's say selling meth, is purely black market? Or is it more of a kind of... Uh, or is it... To an extent, red market as well. It's not. 
a red market because it's not immoral. If you want something and I sell it to you, <laughs> then, yeah, yeah, then, yeah. Then, then it's not immoral. It's it, smoking meth is stupid, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> if, I, if I have some and I sell it to you, then it's not immoral. I have you wanted it. I don't know what you want you're going to do with it. Maybe you're yes. cleaning your apartment with meth or something. <laughs> well, <I don't> <laughs> but um, in Norway, selling meth would be a black market thing. Mm -hmm. They would crank, uh, crack, crack down on that for hard, unless <laughs> uh, it's a doctor, the licensed doctor who's doing, ah, doing it, course. then it's okay. Yes. Like uh, selling heroin on the street is, uh, is banned. So it's black market. If you're selling mm -hmm. heroin, you're for sure um, even if you pay your taxes, <laughs> then it's part of the black market because you're not allowed to do that unless you're a doctor working at one of the government hospitals and your patient is in pain, then you can give him um, lab-made heroin. Yeah. Oxycontin. Yes, and exactly. Right, right, versions of that. Then, so if you're a back, um, if you're a doctor, you work at a hospital, <laughs> uh, government hospital, and your patient is in pain, then it's a white market to sell heroin for this person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a pretty clear explanation. Um, so, uh, ah, fuck, what's the... The main book is the New Libertarian Manifesto, right? Yes, that's, that's the, the best. If you're interested in agorism, and have no yeah. idea what it is, and you don't want to hear a ranting Swede talk about it, then <laughs> read, read it. Then uh, you you need you don't need so much background really because mm -hmm. it, it it's written for non with non libertarians, ah, slightly okay. non libertarians in mind. Um, the other book is from from backrooms to the stars i think it's called like, i haven't read uh -huh. it in sometimes that's that's the concrete unfinished book ah okay which is also good uh okay sounds good um let's see uh yeah no i was uh i had recently ordered uh on amazon uh rothbard's anatomy of the state to finally get into my first bit of uh, of, of like libertarian anarchist reading, um, because so far all of my theoretical knowledge comes from um, shit flinging on Twitter, <laughs> which, which is a perfect source of education. <laughs> Just perfect. <laughs> um, shit, shit yeah. posting memes and <laughs> exactly learning at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, um, but that was supposed to be here Friday. Um, but because Amazon is just wonderful, uh, it's now going to be here Tuesday at the earliest. Um, Do you have an Amazon distribution center in Holland? Or is it clo too close to Germany? So you just... That is a good question. Contact. I have no idea. Because I know Britain and um, Germany has Amazon distribution centers. Right. I think... They are the only ones uh, I know of. I mean, we probably have one. Although, I don't know, we didn't even have like an Amazon.nl uh, here since quite recent. Okay, um, okay. Makes so sense. They might not actually have like a specific Amazon distribution center. Hmm. Um, anyway, um, thank you for coming on. Um, where thank do you people for having find me. you? Yeah. Um, uh, for sure, come on sometime in the future, uh, and we will bullshit about anarchism in Europe. <laughs> that was I would. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> As am I. Um, where do people find you? They can find me on Float, where I run under the name Utopium, and then you can find me on Twitter, where I'm at Utopium Tinkerer, because ah, yes. Utopium was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, snagged, and you can find my blog at utopian.blog. All right. Um, well, 
let's see, do I... Oh, yeah. Um, let me uh, real quick plug the uh, Fred. So I have somewhat recently become part of a fraternity of, um, let's say, right anarchist podcasters. Um, Fred being an anarchism for... Uh, let's see, what was it? Um, faggots, retards, um, ass-eaters, and train spotters. Um, so, uh, I don't have the list right here, but it consists of a bunch of podcasts like Burning Boots, Dissecting Liberty, Erase the State, The Gaslight Hour, um, Trent Must Talk, uh, well, of course, my show being No Real Libertarian and mine and Quincy's show being Laurel and Hardy Across the Pond. Um, and I'll put a link to the website in the show notes because I better fucking hope Eric has put up a fucking website.